Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, it is truly by your grace and mercy alone that we sit here this morning. And pray, Lord, for your work in each of our lives. We are all a work in progress. And so pray, Lord, that we would be attentive to hear what you have to say to us. We're very thankful for you, just who you are, that you are our eternal hope. And nothing changes that. Nothing can thwart your plans. And so, Lord, as we begin a new year this year, help us to realize that no matter what happens in this country or in this world, you're still on your throne. You're still in control. You still have your planned day of return to gather your flock. Help us, Lord, to be found doing what you would call us to do and be faithful servants. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, if you didn't get a chance to come to the Christmas Eve service or the Christmas Day service, I think you really missed out. I understand there are certain circumstances you can't make it because of family plans, but I just want to thank all those who helped sing and serve and decorate. It was such a, a beautiful time and an uplifting time to the soul. It was just so magnificent to gather together and course this morning I it's hard to pare some of these topics down and you know I might be up here a little longer than normal but of course there wasn't any first hour so I feel free to talk a little bit longer and I also have been told the Vikings don't start till 325 so we have a long ways to go folks but you know Christ our shepherd how much of you really even meditated on Christ being a shepherd or what a shepherd really is and Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, it says, Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arm he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. And then out of Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21, Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, that is, Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And then looking at John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of the stranger. So think about that. What does it say? Why do they follow? It says he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because, because what? They know his voice. They are tuned in. They're listening. It's like you have the radio dial set on listen to the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. They know his voice. And then down in verses 11 through 15 of that same chapter, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And then down in verses 27 and 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Where we see here the word know, they know the shepherd. It's like back in Genesis where it said, Adam knew his wife. What does that signify? It signifies that there's a relationship going on here. There's interaction between one and another. You know them. It's like you know your wife. She knows you. There's interaction. But how do you hear the shepherd? You spend time with him. You listen for his voice. And how do you not follow a stranger like it says in here? Well, you spend time with the good shepherd. But how can you possibly hear him? How can you possibly follow him if you don't spend time in his word? If you don't listen to good sermons? If you don't have fellowship? If you don't read solid Christian books? If you don't have time in prayer? How can you possibly hear him? Your mind will think on what you fill it with. That's a given. That's an absolute. It's that simple. Your mind will dwell on that which you fill it with. Why do you think Scripture tells us to think on things above? Why do you think we're always commanded? Renew your mind. If you think on pornography, that's where you will tend to think in life. If you think on whatever it is that takes you apart from Christ, that is what you will think on. If you don't fill it with Bible, how can you possibly have a biblical worldview and hear the shepherd? Now, I find it interesting. In reality, how can a true Christian have anything but a biblical worldview? Because that's what we're called to see the whole world through, is through the truth of God's word, listening to the great shepherd. And you go back to the fact in the verses earlier, he says, you know, he knows the sheep. He's the owner. He's the owner of the sheep. And that's what we are. They listen. They follow him. He has proven to take care of them. We can take all trust in this shepherd because he knows them, because he owns them, and because he laid his life down for these stupid sheep. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Aren't you so thankful that the shepherd goes after you when you're wandering? There's all of it. We all wander. We all get sidetracked by life's worries, life's pleasures, life's riches. I'm so thankful for conviction and that the Lord comes after me and says, hey, you belong over here. Turn around. This isn't good for you. 
My sheep listen, they follow. In other words, they hear and they obey. Now let me ask you, those of you who have children, would we want our children to hear only? Is that good enough to just hear only? No action. No. No, we expect obedient action. And so does our great shepherd. Have you ever had conviction over something? Maybe you heard a good sermon. Maybe you read something. Maybe you had a conversation with another believer. Let me ask, how fruitful was that conviction? What percentage of those convictions fell by the roadside and were fruitless? We've all been there. I'm guilty. Many times over. What percentage of those convictions were fruitless? Did life's worries, life's pleasures, and life's riches take over to cause forgetfulness rather than fruitfulness of that conviction? You know, it's a new year. It's day one. Yet in reality, we don't have to start a new year to make changes in our walk with the Lord. But it is a good time to reflect. It is a good time to look forward. But it's day one. We're only about 11 hours into a new year. You ever made a New Year's resolution? Maybe to read more? To listen to sermons more? To pray more? To serve more? You fill in the blank for the more. Or maybe you're thinking of less rather than more. Less time in front of a screen. We all have those in our pockets, desktops. Or maybe it's to sin less, not sinless, but sin less. We know sinlessness will not happen in this life, but that's no justifiable excuse. Lord, I'm a sinner, just forgive me, it's the way I am. No, it doesn't work that way. If you want to read some good resolutions, I'd encourage you to look up Jonathan Edwards' 70 revolutions, or resolutions that he wrote in 1722 and 1723. It's amazing what he wrote. If you would like a copy, I can send you one, but that's a good thing to read. So, why did your more or your less or your, con your conviction fail or succeed? Husbands, fathers, how are you doing at shepherding? How are you doing at shepherding your wife? How are you doing at shepherding your children, maybe some grandchildren? Let me take you to a passage in Ezekiel. It talks a lot about shepherding. Ezekiel chapter 34, and you can follow along if you want. We're going to read verses 1 to 24. Ezekiel 34, 1 to 24. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly you have not strengthened, the diseased you have not healed, the broken you have not bound up, the scattered you have not brought back, nor have you sought for the lost. But with force and with severity you have dominated them. 
They were scattered for lack of a shepherd, and they became food for every beast of the field and were scattered. My flock wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. My flock was scattered over all the surface of the earth, and there was no one to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my flock has become a prey, my flock has even become food for all the beasts of the field for lack of a shepherd. And my shepherds did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my sheep from them and make them cease from feeding sheep. So the shepherds will not feed themselves anymore, but I will deliver my flock from their mouth so that they will not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and I will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the streams and in all the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them in a good pasture, and their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. There they will lie down on good grazing ground and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will lead them to rest, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, bind up the broken, strengthen the sick, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will judge between one sheep and another, between the rams and the male goats. Is it too light a thing for you that you should feed in the good pasture, that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pastures, or that you should drink of the clear waters, then must foul the rest with your feet? As for my flock, they must eat what you tread down with your feet and drink what you have fouled with your feet. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you push with side, with shoulder, and thrust on all weak with your horns until you have scattered them abroad, therefore I will deliver my flock, and they will no longer be a prey, and I will judge between one sheep and another. Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. You ever read that passage? Maybe you have as you've read through the Bible each year. But think of this, the contrast. The contrast between the bad shepherds and the good shepherd. And that's our Lord. Here was David. He was a shepherd boy. He had some experience shepherding. But notice the contrast. And what happens? Satan loves to take down the shepherds, doesn't he? Men, how you doing? We have to be on the alert and we have to stand firm. Don't let Satan get a foothold. We are not only shepherds, but we are sheep as well. God's given us a calling to shepherd, but he's also given us a calling to follow him as the great shepherd and hear and listen. The sheep of God here, they know, they trust, 
and they follow. One last question. Has Jesus failed in any way to be a good shepherd? I don't think so. He's proven himself, just like we read in Ezekiel. He is that shepherd that takes you to good pastures and feeds you and cares for you. So not only is the Lord our good shepherd, he's equipped each of us to help shepherd one another. You know, it reminds me when I go on a walk with my son and his German shepherd, and we'll be walking side by side, and the dog's a little ahead of us. And there's times I try and, like, get out in front of the dog. You know what he does? He, like, bolts in front of me, like, get back there. And, you know, that's what we need to do one another. Get back in the fold, walk with the Lord, do what you're supposed to be doing. Encourage one another.